God confirms the truth and then gives him two instructions. Take this woman and he's told to take a boy that is not his. What do we call that? Adoption. What happens when you choose to adopt a child that is not biologically yours? That child becomes legally yours. Joseph adopts the king of the Jews, the king of kings. And because Joseph adopts Jesus, Jesus falls into the line of kings. Through adoption, Jesus becomes part of the line. But because the line is from corruptible seed, he had to be born of the Spirit. But the scripture had to be fulfilled. And the power of adoption that we see from this example is a precursor of how God the Father wanted to show us how He will adopt all of us. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Did you guys have a good time in worship? Yo, thank you, Jesus. That was good. That was good. It's Christmas, guys. Wow. Who can believe that it's the 25th of December, 2021? Unreal. We got here and we're alive. We can be grateful for that. Let's just thank God that we are here and we are alive. And at the same time, I want to acknowledge that probably in this room, we all know someone that had gone through a tough year. Maybe some of us have lost loved ones to COVID or other things. And uh, we want to just know, know that we sympathize with you as well. And, and I know it's been a tough year on many fronts. And today... We want to celebrate life, we want to celebrate health, we want to celebrate what God has done, and we want to look ahead and, and ask God to show us how do we how do, we do life going forward. Um, the message I have for us today is called One Family at a Time. And when I look at the story of Jesus and we read in the Gospels of how Jesus was born and the stories that we read about it, I feel God showed us clearly that we need to actually look at how he did it, who did he work through, and, and what, was the, what was the end result in the lives of these people. And Jesus is at the center of it all. And the, the question I, when I woke up this morning and I thought about this message that I already had prepared, I said to God, what is, what is the main thing that we should walk away with today? And I and I just want to add this thought to my, to my message, and that is that Jesus is at the center of it all. And what happened to the characters we're going to speak today is Jesus entered their lives. And it had life-altering consequences. And we need, we're going to look at how they handled that as young people. And I want all of us to take notes on how did these key characters of the story 
of Jesus coming to earth, how did they deal with Jesus interrupting their lives? Amen? All right. So, when, when my wife and I were called to plant Love Key Church, that's now just over a year old. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it was with a very strong and clear mandate that we are to minister God's love, light, and wisdom to marriages and families. Because marriages and families were created by, invented by, designed by God. Therefore, to do marriage and parenting His way is the best way and the right way. Amen? You're not going to go to guys who build bicycles when you have a problem with your car. It doesn't make sense. So why would you go to anyone else but God to do family? Just a question I want to throw out there. So today we will focus on marriage and family, and we're going to look at Mary and Joseph, and we're going to see what we can learn from their lives. I remember when we felt God said, it's time to plant a church. It's time to, to get into this ministry. I would often ask God, how do we change the world? How do we change this world? We see all the brokenness. We see all the, the horrible things that are happening. And it seems to be going from really bad to much worse. Would you agree? At the same time, there are some amazing things happening in the body of Christ, which we can all get excited about. But when we look at the world and we see those who haven't been reached with the good news of Jesus Christ, who don't know Jesus, I have the question, how do we change this? How do we change the world? And every time I've asked God that question, I've felt the Holy Spirit just whisper, one family at a time. One family at a time. And that's really what this ministry in a big way is all about. And it lines up beautifully with the Word of God and how even God the Father chose to bring His own Son into the world. How did He do it? Through a family. A young family. I believe it's very clear from Scripture that God gave us marriage and parenting as roles we need to learn how to do and explore according to His Word through relationship with Him so that we can ultimately understand the relationship between Christ and the bride of Christ better, that's marriage, and we can understand the relationship between God the Father and us as His children better through parenting. Amen? When you get married and you focus on doing it God's way, even though there are many challenges and learning curves, can all the married people say amen? Yeah. <laughs> that was quite loud. When you choose to do it God's way, despite all the challenges, you end up getting a revelation after a revelation about what it means to be part of the bride of Christ. Amen? And when you become a parent, I know this was true for me, especially as a father, especially with sons, I started getting a revelation upon revelation of what it must be like for the Father in heaven to deal with us as his children. Even from when Leon was just a small baby, God started speaking to me about these things. And the love that I felt for that boy just 
It just happened. It was a drop in the bucket of the love that the Father has for us. That was the first big lesson. There were many others. I believe it's clear from Scripture that God is all about family and all about relationships. And even the reason for His Son to come to earth is to restore our main relationship with God the Father. A marriage is made up of two individuals who then become one flesh, according to Genesis 2 and Ephesians 5. Paul describes this as a beautiful mystery. And it's a wonderfully intimate thing. Now, let's go to our characters we're going to look at today. Mary was a young girl and has her own individual story. We're going to look at how she was confronted with facts, reality, and circumstances on the one hand, and on the other hand, a word of God came into her life. And what did she do with that? When we are faced with life's facts and God speaks into our lives, what do we do? Joseph was also a young man. Um, some sources put him just a little bit older than Mary. He was probably quite young herself. They put her between 12 and 14. Um, so a teenage boy and a teenage girl being trusted with the biggest responsibility of God the Father. And they're both faced with a massive decision. We're going to read their stories today. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to show, wants to show us how all of us, whether you are single, whether you are engaged, whether you are married, or, and or a parent, I believe there's something for all of us to take from these stories today. Amen? So each of our characters' story has a title that I'm going to borrow from some of my first messages I preached at this church. Last year, we spoke about Mary, and I had the title, Faith the Facts, and I'll tell you a bit more about that. And the story of Joseph is called The Power of Adoption. All right, so let's, let's look at the story of Mary. Interesting thing, Matthew, Mark, and John don't share the story of Mary. We find it in Luke in quite a bit of detail, though. So in Luke 1, from verse 26, we read together. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. That's very important. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. She's a clever girl. She's thinking about it. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. 
and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. All right, that's Mary's story. We're going to kind of come back to that. Let's read Joseph's story. We find Joseph has one of three encounters with the angel. But this first one has to do with him and the son Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's actually what Jesus means, the salvation of the people. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. I'm putting very specific emphasis on specific words because I want you to notice these things as we're going to go into them. All right, let's take a look at Mary. Just before her encounter, we read how Elizabeth conceived at old age after being barren. And her husband, Zachariah's prayer was answered. Who can tell me? Who was conceived in Elizabeth's womb? Thank you. That's more specific. John the Baptist. But the fact of her age and barrenness causes Zechariah to not have faith in what the angel says. He prayed for it, but when it actually happened, he doubted. And because he doubted, he was made mute only until John was born. And then he named him, and then he named him John. Um, Mary also had a fact to face. She's a virgin. Elizabeth was old and barren. Mary is a virgin, hasn't known a man. She's betrothed, but hasn't known a man. But because of her faith, she has found favor and became fruitful. The pattern of Mary's life is she has faith, therefore she finds favor, therefore she becomes fruitful. Can you see that? Like Mary, all of us are faced with facts on a daily basis. Some are actual facts. This is just reality. Some are made-up facts. Things we think of can go wrong. Fear. Some are propaganda designed to create fear that we are bombarded with daily, right? Some are medical diagnoses. Some doctor speaks death over your life with medical facts that he looks at. He's just doing his job, 
but his words carry power. And some get very bad news, even a death sentence. As a young single person or an older single person, you may be facing the fact that you're not married. You may feel alone. You may even be struggling with the thought that you will never find someone. Maybe someone spoke a lie over your life that you will never find someone. And you didn't disagree with that lie. Or you didn't take that thought captive according to 2 Corinthians 10. And thereby you partnered with the lie, I will never find someone. And you're stuck in that lie. Maybe you're engaged or you're married and you may be facing some facts You may be fearful or worried or anxious or maybe struggling with the same things over and over again. Maybe even your marriage is going through a difficult time and you might be considering divorce. Whatever it may be, we all need to take a massive note from the life of Mary. The angel gives her a word from God, something supernatural. He says something humanly impossible will happen. Mary did not have the New Testament in front of her to read this and say, oh, okay, it all works out. Before this angel spoke to Mary, God was quiet for 400 years to the people of God. Malachi, the gap between Malachi, the last book of the, of the Old Testament, and, and the New, the last time God spoke to a prophet, and when Matthew starts, is 400 years. That's a lot of generations where the stories and the words of Isaiah and Jeremiah were, were told over. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Guys, I struggle to imagine 40 years. Imagine 400 years of hoping, wondering, will it be our generation? Will it be in our time? And here's a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl with no distinct position in life. She gets a visitation. I mean, this, the faith that it must take to believe that moment must have been amazing. She's not of earthly royalty. She's young. And she's now weighing up this mission. We, we see that. She's contemplating what is being said. She's weighing up the message of the angel with the facts of her life. I'm a virgin. I haven't known a man. I've never heard of anyone being supernaturally, you know, conceiving a child. When, when Zechariah was faced with the same fact, he leaned towards the natural. My wife is barren. This will never happen. And there was a consequence. He was made mute. But Mary, even though she is contemplating, she's not going from contemplation to lack of faith. She's using her brain, she's using her common sense, but she's leaning towards faith rather than facts. Can you see that? She chooses to believe what God says over what her circumstances are screaming at her. All right? The substance, okay, so we need to go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. What is the definition of faith according to Hebrews 11.1? 1? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Can you imagine a lawyer walking into a courtroom and said, Judge, I know I don't have any evidence here, but I know he did it. 
That's kind of like the same thing when we have faith. It says faith is the substance. I see my friend Truce is here today. We've, we received this amazing teaching from our friend Ade, where he helped us to unravel what this means. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Can you hope without substance? Not according to this verse. Can you see that? How many of you are hoping, but you have no substance? What is the substance? That's the next question. The substance, I'm going to give it to you so easily on a platter today. It took me months to figure this out. The substance is the word of God or a word from God to you. Mary received substance from an angel of the Lord. This is what God says. And she decides to believe it. Now she can hope because she has substance. She can hope that the supernatural is possible. She can hope that what he said will happen. The word of, of the angel is the evidence she, she has now for that which is unseen. Do you guys follow? All right. Let's go to Joseph. I want to give you a little bit of context. Remember Joseph's um, heading is the power of adoption. Just before we read the story of Joseph and his encounter, we get... The book of Matthew, starting with the genealogy of Jesus. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus, Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's what Matthew starts with. He establishes that. It gives the line of ancestors all the way through from Abraham to Joseph, the father of or the husband of Mary. It's interesting that his own father was also called Jacob, like the Joseph of the Old Testament. Interesting side note. The other very important observation we can see from Jesus' lineage, according to Matthew, is how full of broken people, really bad decisions, and just dysfunction is in this line of people. Have you ever noticed that? Some of the people that are mentioned are Judah and Tamar. Tamar was his daughter-in-law. She dressed up like a harlot and seduced him. And the son that came from that was Perez. He is in the line. Boaz was the son of Rahab, a prostitute. David fathered Solomon with Bathsheba, with whom he committed adultery and whose husband he murdered. A whole line of kings who did what displeased God, despite many warnings from prophets, which got them landed in Babylon. They are also in this line. Do you think your family is dysfunctional? Here we read in Matthew how dysfunctional is the lineage of Jesus. But I want to show you something very important. We note that Joseph, who is betrothed to Mary, he's not a king. He's a carpenter from what we can gather. So he's not from the line of kings. So Sorry, he is from the line of kings, but he did not inherit a kingdom. He has no throne and he has no crown. He has no kingly authority. So by blood, biologically, 
and officially he is of the royal bloodline of King David. Matthew goes very specifically to tell us that he is of that line. And Matthew states categorically that Jesus Christ is the son of Abram and the son of David through Joseph. But how is this possible? Because the seed that is in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. It's not of Joseph. Have you noticed that before? How is this possible? How can Jesus have Joseph's lineage if Joseph is not his biological father? And why would Jesus want to be part of a lineage of so much dysfunction? Have you ever thought of that? Anyone? Okay. Let me take you back to when this was prophesied, and then I'll try to answer that question. Let's look at Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. We read this as our worship scripture as well. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That is also substance for us. Jeremiah 23 verse 5 to 6. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness a king shall reign and prosper. I'm going to skip the rest. Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Who's Jesse? The father of David. And a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the fear of the Lord was on Jesus himself. Interesting. Anyway, so we find a man from the bloodline of kings with no throne, no crown, no title, no kingdom. And he is about to become the father of the king of the Jews and ultimately the king of kings. Okay, try to wrap your head around that. You've got no crown, no, no authority. You've got no position in life. An angel comes and tells you, you need to marry this woman who has a child that's not yours. He is the king of kings. You will name him Jesus, the savior of the world. What do we do here? Yo. Yo. Ish. He was betrothed to Mary. Betrothed means you belong. They already belong to each other, but the betrothal can be as long as a year. He found out she's pregnant. There's no record of a conversation between the two of them about what happened. But can you imagine that conversation? Mary coming to Joseph saying, so, Joe, we need to talk. I think men even then knew that that's not a good way to start a conversation, right? We need to talk. Um, so, I'm pregnant but I, be, I promise you it's the Holy Spirit. It's not another guy. <laughs> Joseph's like, you're what? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that moment? It must have been overwhelming. 
And even after him finding out, he's wrestling with the sword. What should I do? What should I do? And because he is wrestling, we see that an angel comes and speaks to him in a dream. Mary gets in person. Joseph gets the dream. It's also how we know he's a bit older because, you know, the Bible says old men will dream dreams. It's a little Bible humor. Anyway, the angel tells him that what happened and what Mary probably told him is true. God confirms the truth and then gives him two instructions. Take this woman as your wife and name the boy. Thereby is taking on a socially controversial situation. It is frowned upon. Can you imagine? In an in a, in a orthodox Jewish environment, to have a woman that's pregnant before you are married. Some of you don't seem shocked. Okay. And he's told to do what? Take a boy... That is not his. What do we call that? Adoption. What happens when you choose to adopt a child that is not biologically yours? That child becomes legally yours. On paper, it is as if that child was born by you. From your seed. Can you see that? Joseph adopts the king of the Jews, the king of kings. And because Joseph adopts Jesus, Jesus falls into the line of kings. Can you see that? Through adoption, Jesus becomes part of the line. But because the line is from corruptible seed, and we can see the dysfunction of the corruptible seed, Jesus couldn't be physically born into that. He had to be born of the Spirit. But the Scripture had to be fulfilled. And the power of adoption that we see from this example is, in my opinion, a precursor of how God the Father wanted to show us how He will adopt all of us through Jesus into His family. And He is the one, the in, Jesus became of incorruptible seed. And Paul, later on in the New Testament, explains to us that as believers, through Christ Jesus, we are of the same seed and heirs to the covenant of God that God had with Abraham. Can you see how important this is? This is massive. The power of adoption through Joseph. I want us to note that God is working His most important plan of salvation for the whole world through two young people of no earthly significance. 
What if they didn't obey? What if Joseph was like, I'm sorry, the embarrassment outweighs the call. I'm sorry. What if Mary was like, yo. Sorry, pick someone else. And if we go on the, 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 the scriptural truth from the story of Esther that Mordecai said to her, if you don't do this, God will raise up someone else. God probably would have raised up someone else. But they, but they said yes. And Joseph had to say yes because he was from the line of David. But God still gave them a choice. We all have a choice whether Jesus will enter our lives and completely disrupt our lives. It's a choice based on faith of the substance that we receive from God, of who we are and why we are here. This is so good. I wish you were more excited. I'm very excited about this. I'm going to hand out charismatic injections. That's a jab we can all get. Okay. Sure. All right. Let's just scrap that from the video. Okay. <laughs> what do we learn from this story? I want to just bring it back to application, all right? We learn from, from them in terms of our, each of our individual relationship with God that each of us should have an intimate relationship with God and how important that is. Lord, the Lord spoke to Mary. The Lord spoke to Joseph about what? Getting married, having a child, and what that child should be called. Mary did not allow her situation that would put Joseph in an awkward position to trump her obedience. And we also don't read a conversation where she tries to convince him to please stay with her. One can understand from this that she's, she left it in God's hands. She trusted the word of the angel enough that she didn't try to convince Joseph to stay. She knew that if God spoke to her, he will speak to Joseph. She had that much trust. How many of us are trying to do what Abraham did by having your own child and not trusting for the promise? Trying to wangle, hustle, make things happen in our own strength when God said, this is what will happen in my time. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Are there anyone, any single ladies in the house today? Anyone? All right, we have a few. Have faith in God. Trust His timing. Trust that He will show you who your husband is and when you should get married. And if I can add a third one, don't be with someone that you think you can save. You cannot. Ladies, you can't save men if they don't know God. You can't. You can pray for them, but you can't get into relationship in order to get them saved. It will not work. Please don't do that. All the married women still trying to change their men. How's that going? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a secret. I'm going to give something away and some of the men might be upset with me. Ladies, when we change according to what you want, 
It is not real change. It is behavior modification to please you. But when God comes and speaks and He does a work, that is a lasting change. Amen? All right. What, what, notes can we, <laughs> what notes can we take from marriage? We can take the note that marriage is the cornerstone of the family nucleus. Families are the building blocks of society. And I just want to, I've, I've preached this many times before, what I want us to just realize again, especially ending this year off with family, going into the new year, it's almost like we, you know, we wait for moments to celebrate family. We wait for moments to make family more important. And then we work, work, work for 90% of the year. Just imagine for a moment that you were one of the top angels in heaven. You wanted to be like God. Then you were cast out. But while you were there, you could see God's heart. You could see God's focus. You could see his plans. Now you've fallen and you have your own plan. But you know God's plan. And you know that he has put an order in the family. That he has a role for the man in a marriage. That he has a role for marriage. He has a role for the wife as the helper. And he has a role for the family of, as being the backbone of society. So if you are the enemy trying to destroy the kingdom of God, which is made up of people, what will you do? You will go for the men, mainly. Because if you can topple a man... If, he, if you can convince him marriage is not for you, so he never gets married, then you've won. If, you, if he has gotten married and you convince him that he should get divorced or this wife is not good, he should leave her or he deserves better or whatever lie the enemy is going to throw at you and you believe that, you can destroy a marriage. If you destroy a marriage, you hurt the wife and you hurt the children. And then you, you have an easy lie for the wife and the kids to just believe God doesn't love you. Look at what happened. And they fall into the same cycle. That's why we sit with the world we sit with. Broken families, breaking other families, more breakage. It just gets worse and worse. Until someone says, no more. I'm going to love Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to do marriage his way. I'm going to do family his way. And I'm going to see that my, um, my offspring will do things God's way. That is what brings the change. That is what we all need. So we need to know that marriage is God's idea and to do it His way is the best way and the right way. Trying it any other way will fail miserably or it won't be real. It just won't be authentic. I have so many more notes, but we're running out of time. I want to point out one more thing with marriage and and. With parenting, and that when we look at the second and third encounter of Joseph, we see that the angel appeared two more times to Joseph. Every time it was in order for him to protect Jesus and protect his family. Go now from here to here because the king is trying to kill all the babies. Okay, now it's safe to return to Israel. Go back so that you can be where you're supposed to be for what happens next. Joseph listened, he obeyed. He led his family based on the word of God. He kept them safe. Can you see that? And Mary listened to him. (laughs) 
I heard from God, Mary. Okay, Joseph, let's go. Wouldn't it be nice if... Yeah. It's a joke, baby. I love you, baby. I love you. I'm not talking about you. You're very obedient. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. <laughs> parenting. Okay, I have a, <laughs> I have a last note on parenting. Um, those who have kids right now and those who are trusting God for kids, and those who are single and want to get married and want to have kids, you may be sitting with a lot of fear. When, we, when I hear people talk, there's two things that I find, and, and, and I, I thank God that I find this funny. I find it laughable. When people who call themselves Christians say that we are not going to get more children because it costs too much money, I think that's laughable. Because first of all, you're not talking about God having any say about how many children you should have. And secondly, you don't trust that God will provide when he gives you a child. So you are not in faith, not trusting God, and you're living in fear. Prove me wrong. Or you're just selfish. Like, I can't handle it anymore. Like, just be real about it. <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing I find, I shouldn't say laughable, it's more like concerning, is that people don't want to have kids because of the times we live in. If you are a Christian, you should be having children because of the times we live in. So that you can raise up godly kids to change the world. Don't think like the world. The world thinks that way. Ish, we can't have more children. Look at the world out there. What are you doing? That means you don't believe God is all-powerful, that he has supernatural strength, that you are a supernatural being as a child of God, and that you have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, like we saw last week in the message, and that you're not going to go out and change the world for Jesus. If God says, have a child, have a child. If he said it's done, yes, cool, then it's done. But don't tell people it's because of money. Then it means you worship money. Don't worship money. Don't worship fear. Don't worship circumstances. Worship God. Be obedient to God. Amen? Someone didn't like that word, but it's true. We, we have a choice. We're either going to be crippled by fear, worry, or stress, or we're going to lean into God. There's no space for fear when we love Jesus. Amen? As parents, we are called to raise royalty. I did a whole series on it. You can go and listen on the podcast. And just like Joseph and Mary, they were the original royalty, original ro royal parents, royal family, because they raised the king of kings. Hello? If, and if you are a child of God, then you are royalty. And if you have children, they are royalty in the kingdom of God. And you have to see it as that. The creator God who spoke galaxies into existence and uses the earth as his footstool chose two young Jewish people to raise his son. He led Joseph adopt his son into the line of David to fulfill prophecies and to show us how our corrupt seed 
can be made incorruptible through Jesus' seed by the power of adoption. Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren, and we are part of that family. God trusted Joseph and Mary as parents, as a, as a small family, to keep his boys safe and to raise him in the ways of the Word of God and to take him through the important moments of his life. God is trusting each of us to raise our children for him in his ways, according to his word. And despite what we may think are our shortcomings, like they could have said, I'm too young, I'm a virgin, I don't have a line of royalty. Whatever your circumstances are, whatever facts you are facing, we need to choose to faith the facts, not face the facts. Use our faith into our facts and say, no, God said. And if the enemy wants to come, even after you've received the word of God, the first thing he's going to do is what he did with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? And you're going to go, hmm, did he really? No, stop it. Take that thought captive. Under the authority of Christ Jesus, God did say. This is why we have to follow Habakkuk 2. Write down the vision, make it plain. Write it down, go back to it, proclaim it, decree it, declare it. Ultimately, as, married, as individuals, as married couples, and as parents, we need to stay close to Jesus. We need to be so close to Him that His voice is the only voice we hear and that we follow. And we don't allow the noise of the world to take away from that. Maybe today you sit here and you think, oh, my family is a mess. So much dysfunction, so much issues, so much baggage we're sitting with. How can we do what you're talking about? Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Maybe you're struggling as a single person, as I said earlier. Whatever that might be, today we're going to bring this before Jesus. The reason that he came was to save the world, mainly for us to be reconciled with God. But he also came so that we can live lives to the full. He said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. If you're not experiencing abundance in your individual married parent life, then it means God is not in those spaces in His full capacity. And it's not because He's not offering. It may be because we are not taking. We are not taking hold of it. Amen? So I want us to all to take a moment and just reflect and respond about the things that we spoke about today. Just close, let's all close our eyes and just take a moment. I want you to think of the facts, the circumstances, the overwhelming things that are in your life right now that make you feel, I can't. There's no way. It's not something I can do. I want you to think of all those things and just lay it in front of you. And I, and I want to I want to ask you to, to bring into remembrance the Word of God, the Word of God that He has spoken over your life, the promises of God. If you've never received a specific promise or word from God, that's okay. You can stand on the Word of God that says, if you believe in Jesus and take Him as your Lord and Savior, that He is your Savior and that you are a child of the living God. You can know that. And then the promises of His Word are true. Those promises that we spoke about last week, all of them are true. 
I want you to receive the fullness and the power of adoption and know that you are a son of God, a daughter of the living God, and that you have a right to be called the child of God. I want you to take a moment and just receive. Maybe you need to receive it anew. Maybe you're receiving it for the first time. The truth, the fact that if you have given your life to Christ, that you are a child of God and that that is your identity. If you are married or a parent already, and this is prep for those who are not yet, you cannot give what you do not have. We need to receive from God that which we need to give in our marriage, that which we need to give to our children, that which we need to give to what God has called us in our communities and work. To the husbands and the fathers, I want to encourage you to make a decision today to love your wife as Jesus loves the church, laying down his life. To the wives, submit to your husband like the church submits to Jesus as the word of God instructs us. Children, obey and honor your parents. There's a promise linked to this that you will live a long life if you do this. And know that there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. You can hear God. You can honor God. You can obey God right now already. If there's anyone here today in this room or online, I'm going to go through a few things that that I believe God wants us to pray for specifically at the end of this year, going into the new year. If you are trusting God for a spouse, trusting for a, a marriage partner, will you please raise your hand with every eye closed? Thank you, Jesus. And online, just show us with a, with a hand emoji. Thank you, Jesus. If you are struggling with a challenging relationship, marriage or engagement, or if you have a broken marriage already and you want God to come and do something supernatural today, if you would be so bold to also raise your hand to ask for prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone here or online that is trusting God to fall pregnant, trusting God to have a baby, is there anyone here trusting God for that? Anyone online? Let us know. If there's anyone sitting with a, a prodigal child, a child that has either physically run away from home and is living a troubled life, or they've just gone off the road from loving Jesus, living for Jesus, and you desperately want them to come back into a relationship with God, is there anyone like that who has a child, a prodigal child? Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. And for everyone who just is trusting God for a home that is 
a heavenly home, a home filled with God's presence and rest. Is there anyone like that who wants to trust God for that? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to pray for each of these things right now. I want you to extend your faith. I want you to, to stand with us. If you don't fall in one of these categories that we're going to speak on or pray about, please just extend your faith with us. Um, baby, will you come stand with me, please? For those who are trusting God for, for a spouse, we're going to pray for you first. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we, I thank you for each and every person that raised their hands that are trusting you for a marriage partner, someone they can do life with. Lord, we pray right now that you, first of all, will just bring peace and rest to their hearts and minds. That you will come and give them a word that, hey, my son, hey, my daughter, I've got this. The right person is nearby. Just stay close to me. Just listen to my heart. Lord, I just pray that you bring that message to their hearts. And I pray that you will help them to become the best marriage partner they can be in preparation for the marriage that is to come. And that you will show them at the right time who their marriage partner should be. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we want to pray for every marriage that is going through a tough time where there's even speak of divorce or hurtful words being thrown around. Kids are already upset. There's not peace in that home. Lord, I just bring those relationships to you right now. And I pray that you will come into that space, come into that relationship and bring your healing power. Lord, you are the reconciliator. You are the redeemer. And we pray right now that every marriage that is represented here and online that asks for prayer, that you will come in right now and that you will bring your peace and your rest and your salvation into that marriage. I pray for men to turn to you in the, in in complete way, that their hearts will completely turn to you. I pray for, for the wives that may be far from you, that their hearts will turn completely to you. I pray that the, the supernatural humility it takes to, ha to do marriage your way will just flood their hearts and their minds in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Father, thank you that I can stand in the gap on, in, on behalf of every woman who's trusting God to fall pregnant maybe struggling. Um, Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you activate their wombs. We come against every negative word that was spoken, any generational curse, anything that they are um, that they don't even know of. Um, there are so many people that I know of that has no medical condition, that there's no reason why they couldn't fall pregnant. It just doesn't happen. So Lord, we just activate that now in the name of Jesus Christ. We activate that seed. We act activate those wombs. And we say, Lord, let, the, let it be according to your word. And may they have faith and be strong and re re yeah, just deny every lie. Just uh, step out of agreement with everything that was spoken over them um, and that they will not fall pregnant or not have another child. Father, I pray that you will just release your peace over them um, and, and your joy in this time and that you will bring them children in the right time according to your word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We want to also pray for those children who have lost their way. Lord, maybe they never really knew you and when they got a chance, they just ran even further away. Maybe they knew you at some point, but they, their hearts have grown cold. Lord, I just bring every child that, is, that may be going through that whose parents' hearts are broken and trusting you, Lord, for a breakthrough. Lord, I thank you for each of those lives. I thank you that you have a calling, a plan for them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will tug on their hearts so hard, that you will speak to their spirit being so loudly 
that they will not be able to ignore it, that they will, that they will have this yearning to come home. Lord, everything that they are looking for in the wrong places, may it crumble into pieces. May they realize this is going nowhere. And may they come home. May they come home to you spiritually and may they come home physically to their parents. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. And Lord, we also pray as a final prayer for every home, every house, every single person, um, that you will bring your peace and your rest upon their homes, that their, their homes will be a place where God's presence rests, where your peace abides, and where everyone that walks into those places will go, whoa, something's different because God is here. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you, make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you, your marriage and your family. Bye-bye.